I'm Lauren Coulson, and this is Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode 53 of Chasing Dreams. We are 53 in, it's crazy, it's mind boggling, but I have a wonderful guest for you guys. 53 episodes later, they still keep coming. And this one is a friend of mine, so, you know, she's a little bit indebted to me or been kind enough to me to come on the show and do me this favor. So I am very thankful to Lauren Colson, who always knew she was going to be involved in the creative arts. She wrote her first book in the second grade, produced short films through middle school, and even had a painting of hers displayed in a show at the Walters Art Gallery in Baltimore. She was lucky enough to earn a full visual arts school scholarship to UMBC, amazing school, by the way, and studied (laughs) film before moving on to graphic design. Her final and her first design class won an international poster design contest and was exhibited all over the world. I can't even get mine posted outside of my house. So that's, that's very impressive, guys. Uh, Lauren is currently in Oklahoma City, where she is employed as a graphic designer at Oklahoma City University. In her spare time, she writes novels and is neck deep in the publishing process. She has more, I, w- I want to say about more than 12 manuscripts so far. It's her dream to be able to write full-time and spend her life crafting stories, and she is taking those steps today to make that happen, although she's taking a break from it to show up on, on this show. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Hello. So, yes, thank you so much for taking a break from the creative writing process to share your story today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, absolutely. So we've been friends uh, since our days at Apple, Right. Yes. <laughs> and you were a very busy bee then. I believe you were like in your last year of uh, school. I think so. Is that about yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, graphic design, international poster contest. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing, by the way. And I wasn't kidding, guys. I never had art displayed outside of my house. So have it you was, always been talented like that? I've been in the arts forever. I can't remember a time when I wasn't involved in something. Um, just from a very early age, I still, my mom still pulls out old artwork from me <laughs> that I did when I was, you know, in preschool. I mean, cause that's impressive. So you wrote your first book in second grade, you have a talent in art and you seem to be doing all of these things throughout because back then, uh, I want to say you were writing a little bit. I was, I've, I've been writing novels since about middle school. That's when I really started, um, sort of honing my craft, if you will, <laughs> um, and started getting a little bit more serious about it. Middle school? Um, yeah, middle school. I remember it was like sixth or seventh grade, and I that was the first time that I gave a friend a manuscript to read. And I remember she read it at recess. <laughs> Do you still have that? I still have the draft, but... 
um, I haven't picked it up in a very long time. So I'm curious. You asked a friend, middle school, uh, middle school friend. Yes. And what did she think of it? Do you remember? I can't even remember. It might have just been one of those things where uh, she just sort of read it and that was it. Well, <laughs> I don't I, think I really had any great plans for it. Well, it must not have been a scathing review because you kept on writing. I mean, to to keep writing from middle school, I mean, that's, I don't want to say crazy because it's, it's just me. I don't have a lot of creativity in me, but it's very <laughs> impressive to like, be writing since then? Because especially when you have multiple skills, did one medium attract you more than another or did you have an equal love between visual arts and the written? Well, I've always been more attracted to visual arts. Writing was always a hobby more than anything else and I didn't do it consistently. So through high school, I was really heavily involved in visual arts. So painting, um, I even got involved in, in digital painting really early and um, and ended up getting a tablet uh, probably my first year of college. Um, but before that, I mean, I was working in Photoshop on my first computer back in middle school. Now, I guess that bears the question because you're taking these courses in visual arts. Did you do anything to help enhance or, or improve upon your written skills? Not until very recently. It was always like I said, a hobby, and I didn't actually think it would go anywhere. It was more something that made me happy, and I liked doing it, and it was a fun way to pass the time. Um, it was really cathartic for me sometimes. I kept journals. Um, I would write poetry. Uh, sort of had my fingers in everything. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, you're writing since a very young age. You're designing from a very young age. Did you ever think you had to pick one over another? <laughs> I think I knew ultimately I'd have to. And growing up, I sort of knew I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't really define that right away. Um, through high school, I, the only thing we really had was traditional art, so painting, photography, that sort of thing. <clears throat> but when I got into college um, and I was doing my filmmaking, I sort of realized that there was this whole digital realm to it. And I, I had done a little bit in Photoshop, but not a whole lot. And when I went down that path, it just sort of opened up a whole new world for me. I mean, you said that ultimately you might have to make the choice of choosing one over the other, but it doesn't, you haven't made that choice. I mean, you're doing graphic design during the day, you're writing still. So you somehow found a way to do both. I mean, 12 manuscripts, <laughs> where do you have the time? I've been really lucky in that I have this large well of creative energy, I guess. Um, if I don't do something creative, I get anxious. Um, I feel like something's missing. So that's my outlet. Um, I actually got into design because, to me, it seemed more of a commercially viable route than filmmaking was. Or even, you know, traditional art. So I sort of got into it to have a career and still be able to do my other passions at night or on the side. I mean, when we met, we, like I said, guys, we, we met at Apple. Both of us were um, working at, in Columbia, mm -hmm. Apple store, woo, woo, Columbia mall. <laughs> um, and you were designing then and you had amazing skill. Is the, is your design website still the same one as 
that I saw four years ago. Oh. It probably overhauled, but no. <laughs> I it's a, it's so funny with that. I tend to redo it like every year. Um, it's sort of like being never being satisfied with my own work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, creative types never are. Uh, so I tend to do complete overhauls every so often. So yeah, there's been a couple iterations. But as if you go there now, it looks amazing. I want to take. Well, thank you. you you're welcome because it really was. And I mean, I, that's when I knew you were so talented. And I wasn't aware of the. I guess, I don't want to say I guess seriousness or what you wanted to do with the writing. I always thought you know your focus was going to be on graphics. Just. Mm-hmm. You know, from what I saw of your initial, you had just started putting together your website four years ago. So, guys, if you look at it now, imagine four different iterations when she's first starting out. It was just as amazing. And so I thought your focus was on design. So the fact that you have writing and design, I mean, 12 manuscripts, are they just manuscripts or do you have, are you doing illustrations within? Because I could see you doing both. <laughs> well, I... I did start a cover, and it was sort of more like an exercise at the start, mm-hmm. just to show a character and illustrate it. But I had so much trouble finding an illustrator for the cover uh, that I just sort of went with it, and that became the cover. Um, but no, I I don't really illustrate in the books. Um, I don't think... Well, for my purposes, when I want to go to Kindle, it's just a little, little bit more difficult to actually put graphics in that without losing formatting, and it's just a mess. <laughs> it is one of the drawbacks of digital books, isn't it? Right. I mean, yeah. for a lot of people, um, you, you kind of make that sacrifice. But so you, if you're doing the cover, that's really kind of cool because you can say that that book really is all you, cover to cover. Yeah, and that's it's something that really drew me to self-publishing was the fact that I have complete creative control. And if you go the traditional route, you don't always get that. Um, So everything from cover design to even your editor, um, I get to choose that instead of having someone else choose it for me and maybe getting subpar results. Well, okay, so we talked about how you have design skills, you have writing skills, and you're you're interested in the Uh, Mm self-publishing. We've had a few guests on the show who also went the route of self-publishing. Is that a route that was easy to maneuver down? Or is there a learning curve that, you know, you would recommend people kind of have someone help them down? I think like everything else, you do have to do some research, but the tools are definitely there and they're really accessible, especially now. Um, There's been such an influx of self-publishers over the last couple of years that the tools have just become so robust. Um, there's a blogger that I listen to, and uh, I think her name is Joanna Penn, and she talks about how there's this Kindle gold rush, you know, so many people uh, publishing within the last couple of years. You just have so much information to draw from. I mean, it's very true. Uh, your book, and I believe this is the one you're self-publishing, is Twice Born? Yes. Which, if you go to her, the website, uh, com which the links will be on the show notes page. You designed this cover. This is gorgeous. And thank you. You've caught my eye with the description. So is, is this your genre? My genre is fluid. Um, we'll talk a little bit to, about twice born. Yeah. So it's a fantasy novel, but 
Uh, very light on the fantasy. I would probably describe it more as a character novel. Um, it's really heavy on character interaction, um, just story, without having a lot of fantasy elements in it. Uh, there's romance, there's action. Um, I'm striving to do better uh, with both. But as it is right now, that's kind of where I'm at. Now, do you have someone that helps or kind of uh, helps you with your writing and like gives you feedback, an editor or a book writing club that you kind of work with? Uh, there's a couple things. Um, my husband actually helps me immensely. Um, he reads as I write and gives me feedback along the way. You know, as a writer, sometimes you miss things that a reader picks up instantly. So whether it's a flaw or something that you're doing really great and they want more of, um, he actually picks up a lot of those things and gives me feedback right away, which is so helpful as I'm writing. Um, so, so it's kind of like on-the-go editing? Yeah, kind of like that. Um, sometimes I'll have trouble, you know, working out a plot point or I'll feel a character's weak and I ask him, you know, what do you think about this? And it's really valuable to get that feedback. Um, another thing I use is beta readers. So, for instance, on Twice Born, I had three beta readers, and each one of them read through the whole manuscript and gave me feedback. So I could find out places that maybe weren't as strong as I liked, or maybe um, there was a part that came across wrong or not as I intended it. And it's so helpful to get that information. Now, Especially you, before publishing. Do you accept feedback uh, easily? Because it's not always easy to get criticism or right. you know, things where you're like, well, that's how I intended it. If you didn't like it, you know, maybe this, isn't bo- this book isn't for you. Do you ever get rubbed wrong, the wrong way when people <laughs> give you that? I like to think that <laughs> I take criticism okay. Um, I don't know if that's actually true, but... You know, I learned, I took one writing course in college and I didn't get a whole lot out of it, but I did learn, you know, you've got to kill your darlings. I'm sure you've heard that before if you talk to writers. Um, What does that mean for for those who haven't heard it? You just have to let go of your baby. You know, you've created this, um, this book. It's your thoughts, your mind has been opened up and just put into words. And it's really hard because you have an emotional connection with it. And sometimes you get so attached to something that you don't see the flaws anymore. So killing your darlings is essentially letting go and taking a step back and really figuring out what's good and what's important and letting go of the rest. You know, you're talking about um, feedback and you know mm-hmm. letting go of your darlings. You, you've done 12 manuscripts. We talked about that um, in general over, over and over. Is this book that's about to be released, is that one of your early ones? Is that one of your new ones? Is it something that's kind of combination of all of them? This one, I think, started out as a NaNoWriMo, actually. Um, or if it wasn't, it was, I started it in November because I remember everyone was posting their NaNoWriMo stuff. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what NaNoWriMo is for? It's National Novel Writing Month, and it's November. So you're, I think it's like 50,000 words you're supposed to write in a month, um, which is pretty considerable. Um, 
And it's just a way to get you started and to really push you to get a novel done in a really short amount of time. And it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be finished, which is a really hard thing to do is just finishing. And a lot of people use it for different things. Some people write fan fiction and and focus on Mm -hmm. that. Some people do it professionally like Lauren is doing. And I also it's so it's coming up in November. It also I, I believe it's the other one also takes place in July. Um, I haven't heard of that one. There, There's one that takes place in July. I, friends who write, who are like, hey, who, anybody participating? But the November one is the bigger one and the more um, hyped or, I guess, promoted one. And a lot of people finish dur- during that month. Yeah. Were you able to successfully finish during oh, the month no. or just put a <laughs> chunk kind of? I think it's definitely kept me on track at okay. the beginning, which is where I struggle a lot of the time. Um, so I kept writing after that and I think it took me a full year to actually complete the manuscript and it's been almost another year of just editing and I'm, I'm actually nowhere near done as far as editing goes. So hopefully working through that. Now do you have Um, a self-imposed deadline for the editing and stuff? I told myself by the end of the year, um, and I'm actually rewriting most of the book to split it in half. Um, and that's because it's just a really long book. Uh, it runs at 200,000 words. And to put it in perspective, I think Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is like 77,000. So this is a, a huge book. Um, and that makes things like editing almost impossible just because it is so, so many words and it will cost a lot to get that edited. So splitting it in half just sort of, uh, you know, spreads out what I have to shell out for editing. Which, you know, uh, is probably a good call, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than scrap the project altogether, space it out as right. you can. I mean, I'm impressed. A lot of people start and easily quit. You've written a number of manuscripts have you tried to pu- get the, all of them published? I mean, how do you select amongst the ones you do? Do you do you give yourself a waiting period and think, you know, I'm going to give it a month and then I'll review it if I want to go through trying? I mean, did you even try the pu- traditional publishing route? I actually did. Um, and I, I can't remember when it was. It must have been late high school. Um, I had a manuscript at the time that was my most polished and I think I think that's why I chose it. And I was sending it off to publishers. I was doing the whole traditional route. I was writing query letters, um, elevator pitches, sending my packet off. And I didn't hear anything back. I didn't really expect to. It was just sort of for my own fulfillment. And then I actually did self-publish that book through Lulu, I think. Um, and only had it out for a couple of days, just long enough for me to purchase my own copy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So then I didn't really publish anything or even think about publishing anything for a really long time. It was only within the last year or so when I've been working on Twice Born that it's sort of come back to the forefront of my mind. And I think it's because this novel is just... Every time I write a new one, I learn more and my writing gets better. And so 
when I finished this, I was like, you know, this is my best work yet. I'm really going to focus on it. And I'm, my aim is to publish. Well, that's awesome. So you made a choice for yourself Mm -hmm. because you could have easily, I guess, kept writing. Um, Do you ever think you'll go back to the other manuscripts that you've done? Or do you just see those as progress of your writing and think that some of those will never see the light of day? I think a little of both. I know a lot of them, especially from my really early days, are you can tell they're juvenile in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was some of them were written when I was like 13 years old. So my ideas have definitely evolved. My voice has evolved. My writing has evolved. And at the same time, that doesn't mean I have to completely trash those. In fact, I'm actually working on a novel now, which is becoming my new favorite. And I've pulled very heavily from an old manuscript. And I've used bits and pieces of the story and the characters to build this new world. And it's really useful to have that foundation um, when you're trying something new. So do you think after doing all that you've done, right, and you're also doing the graphic design, is there a medium or a goal that you have for yourself that you want to do next? Because I think we can safely cross off self-publishing once it goes live (laughs) in, uh, what, 2017? Yeah, I'd yeah. say that. Do you, do you have another goal that you're trying to meet? I really just want to continue publishing. And my aim is to complete the works that I have started and publish those. And from there, I guess ultimately I'd love to just write full time. I think one of the hardest things is just juggling the amount of time I have. So I do work in a creative field all day. And then I come home and I have to be even more creative at night just to, you know, keep pushing these novels out. And uh, if I could just focus my energies on one, I just can't even imagine how much better it would be. Well, do you, do you, that actually brings up a good point. Cause one of the things that creative minds or even anyone chasing their dream, one of the common things people tell me is it's very difficult to do two things, right? I'd mm-hmm. rather just focus on my day job. That's, that's my life. I'll come home, veg and go to bed. That's it. I can't do right. more than one thing, especially something like you're doing where you're exuding your energy, your brain power, your creative energies during the day for other people. And then somehow gathering the same kind of energy, brain power and whatnot at night. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Do you have to recharge yourself or? Well, I'm like everybody else in that I do need my time to recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do have my fair share of nights where I do come home and I just sit on the couch and watch Netflix um, because that is what I need at that time. But at the same time, you do need discipline in order to get it done. Um, I'd say like the best piece of advice, advice I ever got was to write every day. And if you don't write when you don't have time, then you're not going to write when you do. So if I make a schedule and I say, I'm going to write 200 words every single day, and I stick to that, even if it's just garbage, at least I'm getting words on paper and I can go back and revise. But I'm never going to get it done if every day I say, you know, I'm too tired, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But when you do take that time off, right? You said sometimes it's a night, sometimes... 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a few hours to, to veg. Do you beat yourself up when you don't write? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But I think it all evens out because you do need those days to recharge or else you'll get the days where you sit at the computer and you stare at the screen and it's just this battle, you know, to get words on the paper. But if I take a day every now and then, I feel like rejuvenated when I come back. So even if I say, you know, I'm going to write every day, if I miss a day or two, it's not the end of the world. Now, do you ever bribe yourself, reward yourself for... Definitely. Yeah? Is that, is that one of the main motivators that gets you through? I wouldn't say it's a main motivator, but um, I definitely do. And you know what? If it works, it works. Can you give it a, an example on how you reward yourself, if you will? Cupcakes. Definitely. I'm a sucker for cupcakes. That's a good one. You know what? <laughs> I think that is a valid and excellent reward. Guys, you may also want to do this, bribe yourself or treat yourself. Is, is that it? If I make this goal, I'll treat myself to a cupcake. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody needs to take a, a page out of Lauren's book and treat <laughs> themselves to a cupcake. In fact, if I successfully complete this interview at the end of it, I too will have a cupcake in honor of Lauren. You know what? I have a cupcake waiting for me too. There you go. Mine's red velvet. I'm not lying. Red velvet. What kind is yours, Lauren? It's chocolate, but it's got sprinkles on top. Oh, that sounds yummy, too. Yeah. So we're going to treat ourselves after a wonderful uh, interview, because that's how it works, right? (laughs) And if we don't, then we don't get the cupcakes, because that's our reward. Is Mm -hmm. is that that, that how it works? That's how it works. So you guys, it's it's as easy as that. If you have something you want to do, put a reward, and at the end... Easy peasy. And, you know, speaking of that, um, recently I've been really struggling with doing everything at once. And I found this app. And it's called Habits RPG. And another of my sort of passions is video games. So it sort of appealed to me. But I think it, oh, no, Habitica, maybe. Isn't Um, Habitica a font? It's Habitica. Oh, Habitica. Yeah, it's entirely not a font. I think if you just search for Habits RPG, it pops up. But um, you create your little character and... Oh, it's a video game. It's an app for your phone. I I don't know if it has a desktop version or not. But it... It it is Habitica. Habitica, yes. You are correct. (laughs) So you create... um, For people who are familiar with, like, World of Warcraft or games like that, it has dailies. So they're basically daily quests that you assign to yourself um, to do every single day. And when you check them off, you get points and you get the chance for items. Uh, There's also habits, good habits and bad habits. So the good ones give you points, the bad habits delete points. And I guess the, I don't know what the ultimate goal is, but it definitely keeps me on track because I always want to get the next item. Uh, So if you're not the greatest at doing your good habits. This is definitely a way to reward yourself. Or if you don't like cupcakes. I don't know people who don't like cupcakes, but... I'm sorry to tell you, Lauren, there are actually people out there who don't like cupcakes. It's just horrible. It is. It's, <laughs> it's sad. But you know what? I, I do accept my friends, faults and all, so sometimes you just can't help it. 
Right. Um, but, you know, I am a good friend and willing to take their cupcake for them. That, that's a good option, too. Thank you. Thank you. I, I try to be a good friend. Uh, but people are smart. This Habitica seems really cool. Guys, the link to that will be on the show notes page. You may want to check it out because, one, it combines video games and rewards. Who doesn't want that? And you've, so you've been using this. I have. I've been using it for about a month, I'd say. Have you noticed a difference in your habits? Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, I have like stupid things on here, like get out of bed. But, you know, some days you do need to check off a box that says I got out of bed. It's just any little bit helps. Yeah. Don't don't guys don't don't diminish the power of checking off a box. You know, sometimes and, you know, I'm guilty of this. I'll put something down as simple as uh, brush my teeth. Right. Yeah, that's on mine. Right. <laughs> Check a box. It makes you feel like you've accomplished things. And you really have. I mean, these are good habits. And it's small things, right? I, I guess that's the whole concept. You start small and you start building to bigger habits. Yeah. Yeah. And so you are using this. You've kind of developed this habit yourself about going through the day, working at night on your dreams, and kind of focusing on making them come true. Do you ever get frustrated with how long it's taking for you? Definitely. I mean, it takes a really long time to write a book. Even if you write consistently, it can take years. Um, And I think every manuscript that I've actually completed has taken at least a year. It's just a long process, and it's easy to lose sight of the end, especially when you feel stuck, uh, whether it's in the plot or something's not quite working with a character. But I think just... Writing every day, like I said, it it helps you push past that and just get to the end. And sometimes it is just an endurance contest. Um, But at the end, you have this finished thing that you can go back and revise. And it just feels so much better when it's done. That's actually kind of, that's really cool. Because so would you say it's it's better to kind of keep in mind, to realistically set your own expectations, depending on what you're trying to do? I think you can, um, even if they're really low. So I would just want to finish a book in two years is perfectly fine. And if you finish in one year, then even better. But you have to at least have a goal in mind. If I say I'm going to finish a book and don't put a timeline on it, Mm -hmm. that thing's going to sit by the wayside. There's going to be no urgency to get it complete. Yeah, so that's sound advice. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a goal so that you have something to aim for. Otherwise, you're kind of just wandering, <laughs> right? Wandering in a desert, so to speak, just right. lost, dazed, and confused. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what you got to do. So you're working on this. You're working on getting your book out in 2017. Do you work on one book at a time? I don't. Oh, um, I know. Yeah. How do you manage that? <laughs> well. Lauren, you're killing, like me. To have... you're killing me. You you do graphics during the day and you work out more than one book. I do. I once. think I really have to. How, how um, do you even keep track of that? You know, otherwise I get burnt out and you really don't want burnout because then everything suffers. So if I start working on something and I just get so frustrated with it, I just can't continue or I keep going back every day and write less and less and maybe not even write anything at all, 
that's when I know I have to take a step back and just take a break. And by flip-flopping between books, it gives me a fresh perspective when I come back to it. So I'll come back to manuscripts months or even years after I've started them. And all of a sudden I have an epiphany about the place where I was stuck. So if I didn't have that and I was just, you know, driving headfirst into this thing, just trying to nail it through, I don't think I would work out quite as well. So you pivot when you're, when you're kind of in a rut, maybe? Or, yeah. Or do you try to, I mean, because is that the only time you do it or you try to spread it out in between books as well? So yes, when you're in a rut or you need to pivot, but do you try to give equal time to both outside of that? I don't think I really think about giving equal time. I just spend time on whatever's holding my attention and I'm really passionate about at the moment. And when I start to lose that, then I can return to a different one and focus on that. It doesn't really happen as often as it probably is coming out to be. Um, I'll work on something for a long time, months, a year, and then I'll turn around and work on something else and come back to it. I don't know. I just you, you have me, you have me convinced. You are doing so many different things. Yeah, I mean, so writing novels, graphics, multiple books, and websites. You did your own websites too. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people get scared away by coding, but it's it's really not that difficult if you just look a couple of things up, get a couple of examples. There's so many resources online. Um, HTML and CSS. It's as simple as that. Um, if you want to do something a little bit more intensive, there's other options too. Right now I'm working in WordPress and it's allowing me to make updates a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit more advanced, but definitely doable if you just do some research. I mean, that's very cool, but also goes to the fact that you're doing all these things. Do you have time for yourself outside of all this? I mean, that's a legit question in the sense that I'm not sure you sleep, to be honest. I, I, I think don't I have to ask, sleep. See, I, I was like, I, I think I have to ask your husband. So my, since I don't believe you sleep, you might be a, a vampire. Um, do you even have time for a social life? Well, I'll see. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> What's that I mean? like to think that my writing right now is still me time because it's something I'm really passionate about still. And maybe that'll change in a couple years um, when I've, you know, sort of run it into the ground. But right now it makes me happy and I feel great when I'm doing it. As far as getting out of the house, that's a different story. But I've been lucky enough to have a bunch of friends who are all gamers and we all play together. And to me, that's just as much of a social outlet as going out. And that's fair enough. I mean, you're, but you're doing something for yourself and you're happy with it and you're joyous. Right. And you somehow find some time for a social life. So, you know, I think you're doing well in that sense. Yeah. Now, if only we could get you to sleep. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, because, I mean, is your brain going so fast that it's hard to, like, sleep? Do you have thoughts of, of storylines or characters or, hey, I want this to happen that... Do you keep a notebook by your bed so that when it hits you? Or do you just literally get up and like, ah, I got to keep writing? <laughs> I think it's definitely a problem to have a lot going on at once because you do have, you carry that anxiety to bed and trying to sleep with all that in your head is just not the way to go. Um, but 
I've gotten some of my best ideas just lying in bed or from dreams. I think my first, actually I've had several novels that have come from dreams and I have very vivid dreams. So I will write them down and store them. And if I need a story idea, I'll come back to that journal of dreams and pick out things that are interesting to me. Wow. So you're kind of keeping like a, a diary of potential what bestsellers, yeah, blockbusters. You never know what's yeah. going to turn into an idea that you can turn into a story. Um, I think one of my books, I just had a word and it was ethereal and I made a book about that. So inspiration can come from a lot of different places, unexpected places. Now, being that you're a storyteller, right? Mm-hmm. Currently in the medium of novels, have you ever considered, and, and you've produced short films in middle school, have you ever considered screenwriting? I've taken screenwriting classes. Um, I was a film major for about a year. And looking back, I think I was drawn to that because I like telling stories so mm-hmm. much. Um, I, th- I think it's a awesome thing to do. But I was so bad at screenwriting. I just can't deal with the the short uh, version. I can't write novellas. I can't write short stories. I just need a length in order to tell my stories. And so when I was working through college on these you know, short films, I was really struggling to tell the stories I wanted to tell. So it's not for me. I like doing it, and I would love to be a part of it, but... Maybe not completely from scratch, all my ideas, you know? Yeah, but you know what? We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. It's important to recognize them. And Lord knows you have plenty of strengths. And so I guess we have to to wrap it up with with the question you hopefully see coming, which is, you know, (laughs) given all these strengths, given the things you've learned trying to make your dreams come true as you're working on them, what is one lesson you would recommend to a dream chaser. And when I say one lesson, it could be anything, actually, book, mm-hmm. advice, uh, someone to check out, et cetera, et cetera. What, do you, what would you do? I would say that you have to make a conscious effort to chase your dreams. It's not going to happen on its own, and no one's going to tell you, you know, now's the time. You're going to have your dreams come true. You know, you've got to go out and get them for yourself. And it just has to be an effort. Um, you've got to constantly think about what am I going to do to help my dreams come true now? What can I do in the future? What are the steps I can take to go through that journey? Um, even if it's small things, little steps, but at least keep going. A lot of the time we can sort of get sidetracked by other things or our dreams can seem really far away or impossible to attain, but they're really not. You just have to be creative and find a way to get there. Yeah. So the check will be in the mail um, for (laughs) that. We'll just, you know, go with that. I can't say it better guys. I do a podcast on it. Really. I'm not going to say it better than that. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm not going to take more of your time because I know you have writing to do, you know, that whole not sleeping thing too. So (laughs) All the best as you keep chasing your dreams, as you're writing this book, and definitely keep us up to date. Be happy to update your your page so that we can include it and shout it out and 
other people can share in the beauty of your writing. Definitely. Thanks for having me. And guys, that was my friend Lauren Colson, who is talented, a multitasker. Uh, she doesn't sleep, but she is chasing her dreams and she is happy. And that is all I ever want for you guys. So take her advice to heart. Take steps towards your dreams, regardless of how small they are, because that is forward progress. That is bringing you closer to your dreams each day. So do that. And then check out the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 53. That's episode 5-3 for all the links mentioned in today's show, as well as some links that Lauren has provided. And until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.